Hello and welcome back to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss about all kinds of movies. Joining me today, it's Barry Egan and he's here to talk about the 2004 indie comedy Napoleon Dynamite. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Gary to Barry, do you come in? Uh, this is Barry uh, to Gary. Gary to Barry, do you come in? Uh, Gary to Barry, I come in there. Barry, uh, Gary to Barry, are you there? Then? Gary, we, like, I, can we let that joke die in Jack Wales? We're no, no, no. So, <laughs> yeah, this, Bar- this so Barry, th- th- first of all, thank you for coming on. But what I will say is there was not a chance I was going to get you on this podcast and we wouldn't get to relive the run into the ground joke that we used to do when we worked together. <laughs> we used we used to annoy so many people and we just we just be constantly on the radio. This is Barry back to the car. Oh he's oh this is Gary back to Barry. And exactly. I, I remember Michelle's like guys get off the feckin' radio <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, had to do it. Had to do it. Barry, you're on. Thank you so much. Gary, thank you so much for allowing me to bestow your great uh, and well listened to podcast every week. Uh I'll actually make one quick note about it. I'm actually the first Northsider uh, to be on your show, so I'm gra- glad, I'm really glad I'm kind of smashing, you know, barriers, uh, Gary, uh, I suppose, um, maybe a bit more equality. Uh, I, sorry, I just want to put it out, I live on the north side now, Pat. You live on the north side? Well, technically, you know, uh, completely. the first Northsider on the podcast. I am, I am the first homegrown, homegrown baby, I'm from Northside. Well, yeah. <laughs> we had Owen, he's from Monaghan, so that's very Northside. Ah, uh, but it's not north of the Liffey. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, that's Well, fair. it is north of the Liffey, but not within the north. Exactly. Let's not get into ge- ge- geographical. We'll get into geographical. Uh, uh, pol- political situations <laughs> <laughs> and political matters. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Barry, you're so what you're here. We're talking yes. about Napoleon Dynamite. Why? Yes. Why have you picked this movie? Because it's a great freaking film. Gosh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Jeez, Gary, it's the best. Oh God, it's the best God. film ever. Uh, what's it? Napoleon Dynamite. Um, like I always kind of wanted to come onto your podcast to talk about a film, but the problem is, Gary, I've watched a total of I think six films in <laughs> no seven films in my life no eight films in my life oh, wow. sorry i can tell them all now ferris bueller's day off okay. uh wayne's world okay. napoleon dynamite uh also th- uh i'll get onto the tidbits later actually uh what's it bora bora 2 uh oh God. like i mean obviously there's a lot of pixar films but like i mean actual films i'm not talking like you actual know, films. films okay but actually i used to watch toy story Two and one on tape back to back all the time when I was kid. But anyway, I just want to point out you've polarized so much of the audience. You've the fourth, the eight films, the eight like the films you listed are pretty much what usually don the walls of most fraternities in like U.S. Yeah, Gary, colleges. Gary, look, I'm a simple man. Okay, like you yes, don't. Need, I definitely agree with that. It doesn't need to be a Martin Scorsese classic directed what? film. Have <laughs> you ever seen Borat Two? Oh my God! The oh cinematography. My God. It's as if I'm speaking to Martin Scorsese himself. <laughs> my dream. But, you know, it's just like, there's obviously like a lot of, but like films are like, I actually sat down to watch, not just because it was on TV. Um, and then what, the last film I think I saw in theatres, which was the first film I saw in f- about five years, was the first Star Wars film that they remade. The Force Awakens. Yeah. The Force Awakens. I saw that, I was just like, class. And apparently I was told, okay, you saw the best one, so I just did butter with the rest oh, of them. Oh, oh, gee. The best out of those three, yeah, probably. 
Yes, indeed. Gary, did okay. you review that film? Not, not yet, Barry, no. Well, who knows? It could be a future episode down the line. <laughs> not for me, though. Right, <laughs> why'd you pick Napoleon Dynamite? So, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, I feel like you already asked me this question. I, went I did, and I didn't really get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, I'm half like a monkey sometimes. But yeah, um, Napoleon Dynamite, I think, just has to be one of the most incredible films ever. It is a film about nothing, but everything at the same time. It's brilliant. I honestly God love it so much. Like it does not follow any kind of traditional like uh you know film like making guides or anything like that. Cause usually I think it was because I remember I watched a video like about the making of the Pony Dynamite. Somebody referenced that like what's it the creators of South Park, they gave a talk to uh uh college uh back like years ago and they said you know, a good film shouldn't, you know, for script writing, it shouldn't be this happens and then, because they say, basically say, you know, you've just basically hit the wall. That doesn't make any sense. You should be saying, you know, this happens, therefore, or this happens, but you can't, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's what a film is. It has to be, every scene has to have consequences. But with Napoleon Dynamite, there's just so much like stuff that just doesn't come together. But yeah. it just somehow just so uniquely works, and I yeah. just love it a bit. It's it's probably one of the hardest movies I've I've sat down to watch and try to think of what the fuck am I going to say about this one? Yeah, I really picked a home dinger. Like I mean, but I do <laughs> no, but I do have a lot to say about it. No, because, less so about like maybe the plot, but I have so yeah. much to say about the lack of a plot. Well, we can get we can get into it later actually. But what I what I will try and ask you to do just to mm-hmm. try and um you know give people a bit of context yes uh, is to if you could potentially try and tell us what the plot is. It, it, I only imagine it'll take you a couple of words, but like <laughs> what is the plot of this movie? Or what's this movie about? I basically like said it. It's a film about nothing and everything. It's basically it follows the kind of story of a sixteen year old from Preston, Idaho, in the middle of America, nowhere. Uh, this character's name is of course Napoleon Dynamite the uh, name of the film um, and yeah it's just kind of going through his kind of daily life uh, from the director his name is Jared Hess he was in an interview had said that basically this film was kind of like what it was like to you know grow up in you know the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. uh, and like all of the like kind of what happens in the films like scenes and such like, obviously not everything, but he says it's pretty much what happened to him and his five other brothers uh, when they were going through, like, all their awkward and, like, you know, nerdy years, um, yeah. as he says. But, like, I mean, you know, like, you'd first of all take, like, you know, uh, the first 15 minutes literally give nothing. Like, you can't tell what the film is about within the first 15 minutes. It's no. just so, oh, it has to be one of the greatest openings, though, ever. Because, like, there's just, oh, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into it, but I'll just give my synopsis as you asked. Um, I think I mean there's that but then he makes friends with Pedro the secondary character of the whole film and so you think oh uh, he asks oh who are you going to bring to the, to the dance so you think oh it's about the dance but then later on the film right after the dance it turns into oh Pedro wants to run for the president of yeah. you know the students so just like it's that kind of whole idea but then of course there's other plots within it there's other characters I haven't mentioned but that was pretty much the main thing uh, yeah. oh and also you know him losing a friend and getting back the friend like, yeah. I don't know how it works, but it just does. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think I think kind of what it tricks you into doing is it's like, it's it, it like tricks you into thinking it's going to be, it's all about the nerdy kid who's bullied, but then it's not about that. And then you think about it, it's the guy who's going to be making friends with the new nerdy guy. 
but it's not really about that either. Yeah. Then you think it's going to be about the dance, but it's not really about... So all these kind of classic high school tropes are kind of introduced. Yeah. They're not really developed. And it's not really from a, a sort of lazy point of view, I feel. It's from a more of a realistic point of view. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, these things just happen and move on. Like these movies kind of fantasize over these situations where this is a movie that kind of, like you say, in the middle of Idaho, the dance just kind of happens, I imagine, and it's not really a big fuss and they don't lead up to the two weeks into it and that just, like it just happens, it's over. That's but the thing, why yeah. I began to think that you picked this movie is because there was a student election in it and I just felt like you were like, you know what, I can't get enough of this. I want to... <laughs> I just thought you just got, that was your jam, Barry, and you were just like, fuck me, do I love this movie. Gary, I, I sat there, when I sat down and I was rewatching the film, I just said to myself, Gary is absolutely going to pick up, oh, the students, president, the students union, oh, man. Yeah, so, oh. so Barry was a member of the, um. Not only. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, well, I had. Flex. Go on, I Barry. Was... Flex for us. <laughs> I was somebody, um, I was somebody that nobody knew. Uh, I was the events Vice President in TU Dublin Students' Union of the City Campus, formerly DIT, for all you old heads out there uh, who aren't aware of what's going on currently. But yeah, um, I just saw that and I just knew Carrie was just going to bring it up and I'm just like, well... Yeah, no, because it's more that I have a bet, basically, there's a Barry Bingo happening. So we've already mentioned Jack Wills <laughs> and the fact that you're from the North Side no! and that you were elected as part of the Students' Union. Hang on a second. So, like, I... For those playing at home, you've won a, you've won a brand new Toyota Corolla. Well done. You, you... Uh, okay, I'll admit the Jack Wills and the... <laughs> The Jack Wills and the North Side thing, but you okay. you you prompted the students. Union. I did, I did. Anyway, I did, and I apologize. Okay, okay, so yeah, like you said, really moving about nothing, but it's kind of it's funny. And the last thing I'll say before we just maybe talk a bit about the first fifteen minutes was, it's funny. I, I watched Drive a couple of weeks ago, and that's a movie that doesn't have a lot of words in it. And I kept describing it's a it's a it's what it's not saying that's most powerful in this. Yeah, and as much as I pain to make a comparison between the two this is also a movie that says a lot by there not being much said in it because it's all the awkward silences between the characters and the the awkward silence moments and such that it has that unnerving feeling in it and that's kind of what the vibe and the sort of characteristic of the the movie is it's just the awkwardness of it all like yeah it's it's not so much about the story it's about the kind of experience about like what it all is and it's just like I think the director Jared Hess and then his wife actually uh, you know did the scripting with him uh, Jerusha um, Jared and Jerusha what two, two lovely names uh, but they kind of you know I think they envisioned that they wanted that to be the situation um, so you spoke a bit about the first 15 minutes there oh. why, why, why does the first 15 minutes do you think is the best opening to a movie ever I think the first 15 minutes like like I would, I, I would have to really recommend. It's so I don't really want to describe it. For, I'm going to describe it. Don't worry. Go. But for people, you, <laughs> you just you need to watch it because I just think it sets the tone for the film perfectly. Like it kind of you know introduces you know Napoleon Dynamite as like the character of like oh, he's that kid who thinks he's the hottest shit. Oh. Sorry, can I curse on this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Fuck yeah. oh, shit. Fuck but bald. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the pure look of terror in your eyes yeah because as if you had just said the word fuck in a church or something like that ah but it's just like you're producing this for a, for an audience and it was just like uh, I don't I'm want currently to- I'm currently wearing my presenter hat producer Gary can deal with this at a later time <laughs> and editor Gary will have a whole I'm, I'm basically the James McAvoy of podcasting and <laughs> that I have a split personality <laughs> that's very fair 
But um Oh did you get that movie reference, did you? No, oh, I, I didn't. I oh, just for fuck's sake. <laughs> Gary, like I've said, I've watched a total of like. It's still like it, I, 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 sorry, just to go back to it. Um, it, it maddens me that you haven't seen Wayne's World two and you've seen Wayne's World one. Oh wait, I have <laughs> seen Wayne, Wayne's World two. Oh, sorry, I had the tally to nine. So okay, <laughs> yeah, I've only seen like seven films. <laughs> Willfully. Um, so well, yeah like you were saying about the character being hot shit uh, I have his first line written down here which I just love so much he's like hey, some, there's some kid on the bus wait hang like, on I think Napoleon. we need to give context even more to that so when the film opens up Napoleon's standing there getting hold the on bus. we need to give way more context to that oh. so a film is basically <laughs> a, a, a collection of Gary I was explaining stills. we were explaining the no joke. Barry we need to give so much more context <laughs> we're not giving any context okay no. first 10 minutes done of a con- no context Time for context, but yeah, the opening scene is Napoleon is waiting to get a bus. He gets on the bus, and who's on the bus? Not his classmates, but rather young school kids who are about eight years old, half his age. Mm-hmm. So, Gary, as you were saying about the, as I was saying, basically, some 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 kid says to Napoleon, um, he's like, "Hey, uh, Napoleon, what are you gonna do today?" And he's like. Whatever I feel like, God, <laughs> and it just—you just know already what type of guy this is gonna be, and you're just—you're like, oh right, we're we're in for this one. Yeah, and it's just like then he's just like sitting there. He throws like the little wrestling figure out the back of the um, yeah, and he just like has it on a string, dragging it behind. Then um, you wonder why he's doing that, Barry? Why is he doing that? Because he can do whatever he feels like, God, God. <laughs> Gary. I, oh. I really walked myself into that one, so I did. Yeah, did. Um, but yeah, uh, then the next scene I love as well is because he's in class. The teacher calls him. Okay, it's time for your presentation. Hold on, we need to give way more context there. Bro. Wait, you don't need to give any context. We I do gave, need to give so much more context. I gave the because perfect all context. Of these, no, no, all of these, no. All of these. No, 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 no. That all of these high school children are in their mid thirties. That is the context <laughs> I need to give. Look, no. they're actor uh, Gary. It's a film. Hello. No, I'm sorry. So, so John. What's the name of the actor who plays? John Hess? Uh, no. No, uh, John Hader, I think. Hader, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Hader. Hader. Uh, he's 26 during mm-hmm. the film of this. The guy who plays Pedro is 31. Yes. And I thought the guy who plays the bully, I don't know the name of him, but you know the bully, the bleach blonde Aryan looking dude? Oh, yeah, he's just like, you know, bully, you know. Yeah, he's 25. <laughs> oh, my God. And what I find strange is he's my age. And it would feel so strange for me if you told me I had to play like a 16 year old version of myself. <laughs> it just, it gave me this weird complex in my mind. It's like, how do I even begin to do it? But then what I thought was, I would do exactly what John Hader's doing. <laughs> Not exactly. Being like, fuck off, God. <laughs> like, I, I was, because I was thinking about like what you were saying with the bully. Yeah, he's like six foot tall. So <laughs> it's just so, like, <laughs> he, they're, they're all so old. Yeah, like, it's actually because I remember reading up about this that you know the kind of the main like all the extras are actual like you know teenagers but then yeah. like you said the actual cast is all t- 20 to 30 something year olds yeah. so it's just like god um but you were saying that the, the napoleon is called up by the yeah it's called up by the teacher to give a presentation and this is another kind of great attribution to his kind of character he stands there he's just like Recently, Japanese uh, <laughs> Japanese scientists wanted to put uh, uh, explosive like explosions at the bottom at the bottom of the Loch Ness Lake, uh, wanting to blow out Nessie. And I have the direct quote from this uh, part here. He says, "Sir Court Godfrey of the Nessie Alliance summoned the help of the Scotland's wi- local wizards to cast a protective spell over the lake and its local residents on all those who seek peaceful existence of our underwater ally." And every time <laughs> someone laughs, he just kind of stops and he just kind of looks off to the side, being like, uh, and then just keeps going. And it's just like, oh, it's brilliant. Like he, 
he like because you know the way like everybody kind of understands like some sort of irony about themselves like what they're saying they'd be a bit like oh no that's embarrassing He's, yeah. He just doesn't like have any of that. North Side and elected to the Students' Union of TUD. Yeah, baby, and I got paid. <laughs> um, but it's just like, he just doesn't care. He just does it. And it's just like, yeah. oh, he's a great character. And then he's playing tetherball by himself while everybody yeah. else is like playing sports for like, you know, gym or PE, as we like to call it. And then they're sitting in the locker room and like the, the you know, the jock the guy, um, the, the, the big Aryan, he's like, uh, so Polly, what did you do last summer? He's just like, I spent it up in Alaska with my freaking uncle shooting wolverines. He's just like, <laughs> what would you do if your clothes were getting tech? Gosh. And he's like, what gun do you use? A freaking 12 gauge. What do you think? <laughs> it's just like, it's just, oh, it's, so good. it's just brilliant. And then the next scene, which has nothing to do with the previous scene, is the, the school bully. I'm just going to copy and paste that throughout the edit because that's what this movie is. Yeah, pretty, and the next scene. Like pretty much, it's just, well, yeah. We'll get on to, like, the second and third act. But the first act is just all over the place. Um, But, yeah, it's just, like, then he starts getting bullied. He gets his head slammed into a, a locker. And he's just like, hey, can I use your guys' phone to call home? And his brother, who's 32, answers. He's just like, hey, can you tell... Uh, I think it was, like, get basically get his auntie to come collect him. Uh, or and the brother was like, no, nah, I'm too busy. He's just like, well, can you send me, uh, drop me in my chapstick? And he's just like, Napoleon... I'm really busy <laughs> and it's just like oh uh, and then that's when actually we meet Rico because then he hangs up Napoleon walks down the hallway and sees you know Rico's there being scorned by a teacher saying oh you know where this is and that is sorry do you mean Pedro did I say Rico my apologies yeah, Rico I, is the uncle yes Pedro is the he's coming much yeah. sorry I knew this was gonna happen and I said to myself yeah. I better not mix up the names this is the whole Charlotte and Michelle situation all over again. <laughs> Um, to, give, to give people just some context, Barry, Jesus, you confused the name of our manager with another employee that had left like months ago. Yeah, and like it was just because I knew because like, that always Doesn't matter. Some... I'm not getting you to justify it on the podcast. I'm just explaining. It was it was a mistake. I didn't do it intentionally. Uh, that's my plea. I plead a fifth on that one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> right. um, Pedro's here. Pedro's so Pedro. So basically, scored. Napoleon is just like much like you after calling Michelle Charlotte. Continue. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like you know, what's it? He's Napoleon. Then shows him where his locker is. He's just like, hey, do you take the bus? And Pedro's like, no, I have a bike. And then he shows the bike. Uh, Paul's like, lucky, do you ever take that thing off sweet jumps? <laughs> Goes to Pedro's house. Pedro does a jump off a small ramp that they made. And, he, and Paul's like, you got like three feet of air. Mind if I have a go? He has a go. Kills his, you know, his gang gang ghoulies. And uh, yeah, that's what pretty much happens there. <laughs> um, but actually a really fun, interesting uh, part is Jared Hess actually made this film for his college project called Palooka. Um... And Palooka was basically Napoleon Dynamite. Pedro actually was two characters. Uh, one of them was called Pedro, and the other character was called something else, I can't remember. But it was basically, the two of them were together. Oh, okay. uh, the two of them were like actual people, were friends with Napoleon, but then obviously they just melded it into one for the film. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just so funny, like how much of a change. Like it is available on YouTube if anybody does want to see it, um, just to kind of make comparisons between the two. But it's just like... Um, and like this is like again I just want to talk a bit more about that shot with um, the bike jump shot I know it's there's nothing spectacular about it but I just love the simplicity of it and that's kind of what this movie is it's all very simple and plain shots 
and it's plain but it's just to kind of represent the plain mm. life of living in Idaho and I, I'm not dissing Idaho but if there's anyone from Idaho <laughs> all, all our all our listeners from Idaho are going to be oh, writing no. in <laughs> Um, what was it going to say? But like, I mean, it's just like this film had a budget of four hundred thousand dollars, which is yeah. like what three hundred peanuts. Uh, it's tr- it's three hundred and thirty thousand euro in today's money. Um, Would you like to know how much John Hader got paid for this? How much yeah. did he get paid for? I actually don't know this. One thousand dollars. Holy! Oh yeah, well, I suppose with the budget that small, yeah. And I suppose. Do you know how much it made? Yes, I do, Gary. It okay. made a total of forty six point one million dollars. In Correct. the theaters, and then in home movie sales, it made a hundred and thirty million dollars. Uh, I forgot to look up what that is in euros, but lads, if you oh, if you just if you just multiply by one, it's one point two four for every euro. Um, so do do the math yourselves. I'm not yeah. your teacher. Um, well, I suppose yeah, but all that money, like, and it's even weird to think though, like with the introduction of Pedro, that's only not even the first fifteen minutes. That's only the first oh, eight fuck. minutes. Yeah. Uh, wow. We then go on. To after the Pedro scene with you know the whole bike situation, then Napoleon is at home talking to Kip. The auntie Carlinda is saying, "I'm gonna." Is it you grandma know, or auntie? I think I thought it was aunt. I'm I'm not too sure because it's Uncle Rico and they're not married. I no, sorry, my apologies. In my head, I don't know why. Yes, I just don't want Barry. I'm not trying to correct you. It's just I don't want fan mail coming in. Oh no, it comes in often. <laughs> I just don't want people the Napoleon in being like look. Uh, look, Gary, love the show and everything like that. Gonna rate it five stars on iTunes. But like that Barry guy, he was getting names wrong and like It is know, the grandmother. You know. My, well her name's Carolinda. She was saying, Oh, I'm going away. Uh and so that kind of like, you know, she's gone from the scene and then Napoleon and Kip had a bit of a confrontation. Uh and Kip was just like, Napoleon, you're just jealous because I'm chatting to hot babes online all day. <laughs> I'm, and he's like, I'm trained to be a cage fighter. He's just like, you don't even have good reflexes. He's just like, try me, Napoleon. Of course, the two of them square up. And another fun fact about this film, Napoleon does slap uh, Kip, but all those hits in the film were real. There was nothing pulled back. Like, obviously, the sound effect was added in, but they actually did hit him, like, properly hard. So it was gas to see that. Uh, but, like, and that's... And this it just adds into the ridiculousness of this movie, where... It's just these characters saying these like things that you just don't believe, like like uh, you know Napoleon, like what you call it, saying, "Oh, you're three feet off the ground," like the over exaggeration of it all. And then you see this kind of very skinny looking, pale dude. It's like, yeah, I'm talking to hot babes, and they are going to be a cage fire. You're just like, what? The? And the, like you said, it's still the first fifteen minutes. I have no idea who I'm supposed to root for. Who's the who's, who's the, the bad like, guy? Yeah. Terms of reference in this movie, I just everyone seems awful. But yeah, um, the doorbell ring. Uh, that's how Napoleon gets a slap in and then the we meet the character Deb uh, who's trying to raise money to go to college and hands Napoleon picture I just want to know yes. how, how is, is your mother well educated? Uh, why do you your mom goes to college <laughs> your mom goes to college <laughs> yeah because he's just like yeah exactly she's just like I'm just trying to raise money to go to college your mom goes to college uh, but remember he hands the picture of like some girls like do you want to look like this and Napoleon goes that's a girl. <laughs> He's just like, for a limited time only, uh, you can get whatever. And then cut back to Kip. He sees an ad on TV. Brick's Quando! <laughs> One of the greatest char- side characters in any single film. And of course, uh, Kip takes, you know, one of my favourite quotes uh, from that ad. He's just like, if you take Rex Quando, you'll, g- you'll be, you know, with the strength of a grizzly, the reflexes of a puma, and the wisdom of a man. 
come down today for my eight week program and so like then the whole uh, your mom goes to college scene happens Cause that's, uh, so that character because she I, we just didn't give, I don't think we gave her a name uh, so that girl is Deb Deb yeah, she's you know, like she's selling like these like hair products and she's selling these like yeah. weird kind of bracelet yeah like it's the it's the what are Scooby Doo keychain yokes what were they called like you know you Scoobies yeah Scoobies exactly thank you Scoobies mate sorry mate uh, sorry <laughs> I'm actually from the north side uh, Barry well, Barry you're not the first north sider on this podcast I'm actually the first one Have, and I believe the word you were looking for was Scoobies Scoobies I wear my dubes I take the 15 going north I, I, I'm wearing my dubes today man Um. anyway so anyway uh, after the whole your mom goes to college she runs off the mom goes to college yeah, she's left with all the the pony's left with all the materials and then what's it Kip's like I'd really appreciate if you could uh, pull me into town um, and it's just like what's it on, Napoleon's cycling and on the back behind him on roller skates holding a rope is Kip they go to the Rex Quando dojo and like oh can I just say this has to be one of the greatest like five minutes <laughs> in a film ever it's just like we're Rex Quando you're gonna learn the world of self-defense and self-respect. And he, you know, I need a volunteer. Gets up Kip. He's just like, okay, I'll give you one shot. One shot. And then he's just like, I want you to hit me. Kip looks down, goes for the leg sweep. Greg Kondo jumps and then hits him. And it's just like, jeez. Um, but it's just like that whole kind of like, oh, it's just like, you won't find that in a small, like, town he's just like yeah. what I learned in the octagon all those years ago I'm going to teach you today so it's just like oh it's fucking oh I just love it so much but I think an important kind of point from all of that where there actually is a kind of a reason for that whole scene was Laponian learns that hey no more flying solo because that was one of Rex Quando's uh, mantras uh, to you know kind of live by yeah. But another one of his uh, mantras was, uh, <laughs> what's the line? If you could uh, excuse me just for two seconds. We completely skipped over Tina, but I'm sure people will uh, go back to that. Uh, so the line he gets, gives to, like, he says, when Kip gets up, he's just like, bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei. And, he, <laughs> and Kip bows down. And, he's, and then, of course, like, he's talking about, like, how he's such a great man. He's just like, do you think I got where I am today because I dress like Peter Pan over here? He points at the boat. <laughs> And it's just like, do you think I'm a loser because I go home to Starla? Starla is who his wife is. And actually, that will be something for later on that we must consider. Um, But yeah, it's just like, yeah, he learns no more flying solo. Uh, So pretty much him and uh, Pedro and Napoleon uh, pretty much become friends. And this is where we are actually introduced to the idea of the prom or the dance. It's not actually the prom. Yeah. Whereas Napoleon's just like, oh, who are you going to ask? Paris is like, oh, that girl over there. And points at the girl, Summer, who's, in Napoleon's words, like the most popular girl in the school. You know? And then... And Hilary Duff's sister. Is it? No way! That's... Actually, oh my God, yeah, it is. Now that I think about it. Do you want to know her name? What's her name? Hayley Duff. (laughs) I didn't make that up. And I looked up all the ages because I was just getting fed up of all of them looking particularly old. And I felt like she looked older than she was actually meant to be. She's actually only 18 in this. So I was like, okay, fine. Oh, She's wow. relatively cast well for it compared to everyone else. Well, like, they're meant to be 16. But, like, Gary, you know yourself. You can just suspend your disbelief for a film. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? But yeah. I thought movies are real, no? <laughs> well, doc- well, it depends what film. Uh, uh, I was watching this movie called E.T., alright? <laughs> Die Hard is real, I don't care what you say. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and then, the remember when Dev gave the picture to Napoleon? 
uh, yeah. saying, do you want to look like this? Yeah, the, the Polly's just like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. She's from out of town. So, yeah, uh, she can't come, unfortunately. But it's just like, oh, it's just like, it's just that, like, it's that level of, like, you know this guy who's just like, yeah, I kissed her, like, but it was on holidays in Spain. Yeah. You wouldn't know her. She went to a different yeah. school. Uh, oh, it's just That's brilliant. a great way of putting it. it. It is that level of, like, I want to brag about something so I seem cool, but I do not have sufficient evidence at all to be able to back it up. And that's he's kind a, of what... He's, he's talking a lot of brown. That's pretty oh. much what he's doing. Uh, we also brown. skipped over... A lot of brown, a lot of brown. <laughs> Sorry, um, that's my accent coming out. Uh, but we also skipped over the scene where Napoleon that day uh, brought all of Deb's uh, materials to school. Yeah, and he goes, so the, he says the, hi to the so neighbor. The Scoobies and the hair products. Yeah, he, he says hi to the neighbor. The neighbor's just like, you know, cocking his gun, about to shoot a cow. And what happens? The bus. Oh, wait, so this is this is outside his house. Yeah, so this is just yeah. before the day starts. Um, okay. Before the whole, sorry, this is all over the place. Before he asks, oh, who you bring to the prom? Yeah. But yeah, shoots a cow right in front of a bus full of school children. And a fun fact, though, about the farmer, he's actually one of uh, the director's old uh, neighbours. Ah, I yeah, yeah. Was like, I wonder if it was a neighbor who was particularly good at bullseyeing a fucking cow. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> well, like, hey, point- Jimmy, you know that thing, you know that party trick you have. Basically, I'm shooting this movie, and I need you to terrorize a lot of children. If you wouldn't hey, mind, hey, yeah, do you mind just getting one of your cows and just putting a bit of lead into its forehead? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I oh. bet you, are you look hungry? Would you? I'd say you'd love a steak. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's just, he's probably just like, I can do that. I'm gonna be famous. <laughs> I think you're confusing the Idaho accent, Barry. Well, look, he was a hick, okay, Gary? He okay. was a redneck. Okay. Um, but yeah, after the whole, like, you know, asking who's going to go to prom, then it's, uh, they see Deb in the cafeteria, and uh, Napoleon dares himself uh, to go over and talk to Deb, and he says the classic line, are you drinking 1% milk because you think you're fat? Because you're not. You could drink. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. And Gary, I'd like to actually point out with the actor actress of Deb, oh. Tina Ma- Maharino or Majorino. I uh, my apologies if I pronounce it wrong. Would you like to know what film she was famously in? And I'll give you a hint. It involves a lot of water. Um. No, she was a kid. I, okay, I feel like you're trying to set me up for Titanic, but I'm going to say no, Waterworld. No. Gary, you're correct. <laughs> Yes, um, she was the little girl, uh, like the daughter, oh, in Waterworld. Waterworld. No, I just found it out though because I was okay. just like, "What else was she in?" And yeah, she was the young girl in Waterworld for all those okay. who have seen uh, Waterworld. But yeah, one of the biggest box office bombs ever to happen. Oh, stop! That's 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 another one for another day. Uh, Are you trying yeah. to move on quickly because you don't have any facts about Waterworld other than well, the fact that, was... that this girl is in it? Well, it was that was my hot take of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of my knowledge of Waterworld. The little girl was actually okay, dead in Napoleon Dynamite. But yeah, and then Napoleon gives back to the scene. You know, Napoleon gives back uh, the materials to like the the, the Scoobies and hair products to Deb. Just getting those Scoobs back to Dad. <laughs> um, and what's it? Yeah, that's grand. Then it cuts. So uh, continuing with the and then uh, whole thing. Mm. Uh, Cuts to a scene of the Carlinda, the grandmother, in the desert, going yeah. up to him, falling off. Cuts to an orange van with a man in a pale blue um, ensemble. And he's just like, hello? And Napoleon gets home, goes out to feed Tina 
the pet llama and rolls up Uncle Rico, one of the greatest characters <laughs> in any film. He's just like, and Napoleon goes, what are you doing? What are you doing here, Uncle Rico? It's like, well, Napoleon. He can't say Napoleon correctly. Yeah. He says, Napoleon, your your grandmother broke her coccyx <laughs> into dunes. <laughs> and he's just like, well, he's doing over the coccyx. There's a lot you don't know about her. Uh, so, yeah, it's that kind of, you know, Rico, you could say, is the bad guy of the yeah. film. He's like the main villain, uh, although it's not really. Uh, so he's, just, he's like that tormenting uncle. Like, he's the one that's just like, like, like bullying for the sake of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, like he just seems to really like pick on yeah. Napoleon. And I think one of my favorite things, there's a few things about him that, about the character I enjoyed. One of them being that he's dressed exactly like Jack Black's Nacho Libre, which is also <laughs> directed by the same guy. Exactly. That's directed yeah. by the same guy who did this. And I love that. Obviously, I didn't check if it was the same costume designer, but it looks like the exact same outfit. Yeah, you mentioned it and I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, you know what? Actually, that does sound correct. But funny about the outfits, actually, the Jerusha uh, Hess, the co-scriptwriter and the yeah. producer, director. director's wife, actually went around thrift shopping uh, around Preston, <laughs> Idaho, to get the clothes. Because like, I think the whole point they were it trying was to her prepare. and Macklemore just went around, <laughs> and and all the all the girls on Depop who uh, buy it for two euro and sell it on for sixty. Um, but yeah, it was just like she actually bought all the clothes. From I was local. selling some scoobs on <laughs> <laughs> Depop there the other day. Oh man, um, but yeah, it's just like I, I actually really do like that. Like it was like it's a small detail, but it's one that's like very believable because it's just like you know they didn't have big shops; they literally just had whatever was in the thrift shops. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to the whole you know Uncle Rico was there now, and like just to explain who Uncle Rico is to people, uh. If you look up sleaze in the dictionary, you will see a picture of Uncle Rico. He is a man who had his glory days in playing football in college. Yeah. And he always kind of, like, that's the opening scene Like you actually see him. He was recording himself throwing footballs. And it has to be one of the greatest things. He sits down Napoleon and Kip to make, him watch, make them watch him throwing footballs. And he's just like, well, you think of that? I think that's pretty good. And Napoleon's just like, it's pretty much like the worst freaking video I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and his Kip's like Napoleon you don't even know that and then of course uh, Kip and Rico go, just, to, just to give it just to give a bit of context and a yes, bit of course. relatability it's yes. like the senior cup captain of Belvedere from like nine, from 2002 I don't know who this man is but if you're a listener hello just like imagine him just cashing in <laughs> on that fame for the next 20 years that's kind of the same type of individual we're speaking about here and a bit more context it's a bit like you know anybody that was involved with the students union and they were like a vice president <laughs> <laughs> they keep claiming you know they was my glory days <laughs> I was somebody back then and nobody knew who they were yeah. Um, but yeah then you know Kip and Rico go to uh, get food uh, Kip is like what happened what happened to your girlfriend oh she she w- didn't want me to you know live my life she said i was living too much in 82 you know so i dumped her so which you can only imagine she probably dumped him and he's probably not recovering from it well but then you know uh kip says oh i want to raise funds to get my girlfriend lafonda out so that's the whole that's their whole yeah lafonda um so yeah that's kind of like the whole that's their side plot they're going around to raise money um and then so, I will say, hold on. I, I just want to yes. interject as as a as a as a as a fan of memes. Uh, yes. This is probably our first meme 
of the, of the movie, like you know the yeah. one where it's him with the milkshake, and he goes, "I guess things are getting very serious, or getting pretty serious." <laughs> you could say this, yeah. We even yeah. chat online for like the five two hours. hours a day. <laughs> yeah, it's just like some ridiculous number. <laughs> uh, but then, like, I suppose. Kip needs to raise money, and then Rico's just like, well, I have a business opportunity. And then that's their thing. They're going around raising money, but then cut back to Napoleon and Pedro. They're in the grasses overlooking a house, and then Pedro runs up. It's the cake for Summer um, to ask her out to the to the dance. And yeah, Napoleon comes back. Uh, to, uh, Pedro drops him off on his bike. What does Rico do? He's just like, hang on, watch this. Grabs Kip's steak throws it and gets, gets Napoleon square in the face and an actual fun fact here you can see uh, the actor who played Rico I can't remember his name unfortunately um, but he uh, actually John hates Greek. steak yes I think it's that he hates steak uh, and you could actually see him spit out steak and put it back on the plate when he's sitting back down but anyway that was just a small thing I picked up on that was pointed out to me and then he goes how much you want to bet I can throw a football over one of those mountains he's <laughs> just like yeah it's pretty bad if you ask me um and yeah i think this is kind of where we see the sort of friendship between kip and rico kind of begin um and like it's they go off and they start selling tupperware together (laughs) um there's some great scenes of you know uh rico going from house to house and just test getting people to test out the strength of it and and then kip does uh kip does at one point and he tries to drive over it yeah he breaks it he's like dang it and then drives off and then there's other bits about oh just one very quick thing i will mention i like how when they started initially talking about it uh, Napoleon was trying to t- contact Pedro because he wasn't in school and then he's kind of looking at Kip and uh, Rico and he, and Rico's just like Kip I think we better go somewhere a little more private and then he goes <laughs> to the bowling alley and it's just like <laughs> it's, it's and small and other small details well, they go to the bowling alley with the gutters up as well like the guardrails <laughs> up and yeah, exactly. of course the character would use that yeah um, it's just like it's brilliant and they're talking about oh, we need to look professional we need photos so they go to Deb to get photos and it's just like oh it's yeah. brilliant uh, and then there's even small things about like you know have you come across time travel <laughs> <laughs> on your on your perusal of the internet um, so like that's great and then like you even hate this like sleaze like you say back to just talking about that diner scene of the two of them sitting there in the diner Kip's talking so Rico's no longer talking so what's, Re- what's Rico doing he's literally just looking at his muscles like he has his arms folded and looking at his muscles like he's just very self-obsessed guy that's pretty, that's pretty much it yeah um, and then like so what's ca- yeah so what's kind of happening now then is we're kind of gearing up to the prom uh, they're kind of trying to get our partner like the dance you know they're, they're trying to get that they're, they're trying to find dates Napoleon is like sketching a girl and does a horrendous yeah. job on it but I suppose like uh, what's it uh, what's it you know Pedro comes back into the school uh, and Pedro uh, obviously after being told no from Summer I don't think we mentioned that actually yeah Summer no, said we no we didn't okay perfect see I'm, I'm on the ball here you know Summer says no so if he asked uh, Deb Deb says yes and Paul's just like what am I gonna do so yes like you said he draws a picture of a girl to ask because girls like skills like with the bow staff um, and so Napoleon draws a picture of this girl and when he goes to drop it off at the girl's house, who's there? Lo and behold, it's Rico with the mother. And he's just like, hi, Napoleon. <laughs> and then Rico's just like, that boy, is, he's t- very tender, you know. His grandma was very ill, blah, blah, blah. So then the mother finds, you know, pity within him. So the girl has to go to 
uh, prom with him. But the great thing about it, when she called, she's like, yeah, I'll come. And Pawn's like, did you get my picture? She's like, yes, it's hanging up in my room. And Pawn's just like, yeah, it's like probably best like work I've ever done. Uh, I spent like three hours uh, uh, shading your upper lip. <laughs> and so what does Napoleon have to do? He has to buy a suit. Yeah, so what he does is he reaches out to the costume department of 2004's Anchorman and gets the best Ron Burgundy suit he could possibly find. But Gary, how did he make the money? Oh, he makes the oh, It's got a very, very long story short. He makes the money by working on a farm. <laughs> Chicken like, with farm. Chickens. And is rewarded with $6. And um, when he gets back after, I think, he uh, Kip has successfully made a time machine that basically just the only thing it really does he bought off ebay he bought he bought off ebay just pretty much shocks your testicles (laughs) um but one of my favorite things after that then is the is the milk tasting scene yes so basically napoleon is at this thing where he's tasting different milks and he's able to tell that one hasn't been you know one the cow has been eating too many onions and the other one is that there's a bleach defect in it Uh, but my favorite my favorite thing and it was the word i was telling you beforehand i just wanted to look up what he was saying beforehand which was whenever he hears the answers right he's like yes yes (laughs) yeah they do that basically because uh after the dance scene when you know everything everything happens um, oh, we didn't even explain. Uh, Napoleon couldn't get to the dance because he was getting a lift from Rico. Rico goes in to do business, and then Napoleon has to run. It was one of the most iconic scenes from that film. Has to try and run towards town. He gets nowhere. Then lo and behold, these two these two lads pull up in a lowrider, and it's actually uh, Pedro's cousins. So that's pretty brilliant to go to the dance. Uh, Napoleon gets abandoned. Uh, and then while Napoleon and Deb are dancing and Deb has very puffy sleeves, which is actually a what uh, happened to Jerusha Hess, the, oh. the wife of the producer. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, that's what happened. Like she had very puffy sleeves and someone actually said that to her because her mom made the dress. Oh. Uh, what happens? Pedro sees a, a poster to say, run for president. And he thinks about doing it. He talks to Napoleon. Napoleon's just like, yeah, you need like a good set of skills so people vote for you. You're pretty good at pulling uh, chicks or hooking up with chicks. And so they go to the FFA organization, they get their certifies, and then they see Summer, the girl of Pedro's dreams, running for president, and he feels very unwell. He feels very hot, as he says, and goes home. It's just like, God, it's it's the pressure. I, I know that pressure firsthand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so I suppose then, just before the election, the only thing the only thing I kind of have written down here is that, like, you know, LaFonda is actually a real person and yes. has serious feelings for, for Kip. Uh, yes. Which was something I didn't expect from this movie. I was expecting a fake out of some sort. No. But um, no, very much a real person, very much someone that actually seems to care for Kip. And actually, Joe, you know now is probably a good time. I know it's not technically the end, but I suppose we could probably talk about the end credit sequence or the the post credit sequence. Yes, um, well, I suppose after all the transpirings of the film, uh, they do get with each other. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Kip changes his whole getup, and the end post credit scene uh, happens. Uh, and yeah, they get married. And a fun fact about it, actually, Lafonda's uh, family in that film. It's her real life family. Oh, because, wow. yes, because, uh, and this is quoted from Jared Hess saying it, there actually isn't a whole lot of black people within, <laughs> within Preston. Uh, so they actually just flew her and her family out. They recorded the scene and it was pretty brilliant. Uh, Napoleon comes riding in on a horse to gift to the two. Um, yeah. But I suppose with that, uh, the fact that him and LaFonda are spending so much time together, Rico has to venture out by himself uh, with that. 
And so what does he, he has his new uh, uh, make money scheme or quick money scheme, which is breast enhancement uh, pills, mm. which he goes up to the, like the summer and Trisha, the girl Napoleon wanted to bring to the dance. And that's posted all over his locker. He gets embarrassed, confronts um, <laughs> Rico on it by throwing a big orange at him. They have a little squabble. Then what happens? Actually, a very key point. Rico says to Deb, because he was getting more photos, hey, Napoleon thinks you should get breast enhancements. And it's just like, oh, wow, that's very bad. Um, then Deb calls her being like, calls Napoleon being like, you're a very shallow friend. I never want to talk to you again. And yeah, that's the kind of, uh, that's another kind of aspect towards the end of them where it's just like, oh, he has to get back his friends now. Yeah. Um. So it's just like, yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, and then another side point, very quickly. Uh, Pedro makes a piñata of Summer uh, that gets that gets shut down it's against the rules so he has to take down all the posters so things are looking kind of bleak for yeah. our heroes yeah. uh, Napoleon's lost his friends the elections are in jeopardy uh, like there is literally uh, nothing you know that Napoleon can do or Pedro can do and then then it's election day or then it's at least uh, the, the, it's the, the speech it's, day it's the speech yes um so uh summer so as someone who has worked on student elections would you say that maybe summer is um you know over promising what she can deliver in the capacity that she will have in this role? well gary all students union people over <laughs> um no well i suppose just when summer's making her speech She's making a lot of, you know, talk, you know, we're going to buy all the cheerleaders new equipment. Like It's very much, I'm for the popular people. I'm going to do everything for you. And it kind of cuts to some of the more nerdy participants and they're all just like, oh, okay. And so then, what's it? Poor, 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 poor Pedro uh, is, you know, dripping nervous. He has a wig on because he the day when he felt sick, when he first met uh Summer running for president. He shaved his head, so they found him. It's too hot. Yes, he he they he shaved his head. They found him a wig, and so he looks quite comical with the wig on. So it's great. Uh, he goes out to give a speech. He's just like, I can't offer you much, but if you vote for me, you'll be pretty good. And then there's no uh, oh, there is performance that they can do. Uh, Summer does her performance with the Happy Hands Club, which is like a sign language. Uh, kind of like dance club that they do to songs. Napoleon was in it, but obviously not anymore. Um, and so Pedro has nothing prepared. Everything seems bleak. Nothing like he can do. He's going to lose his election. However, Napoleon, earlier on the film, picked up a dance videotape. Daquan! Yes! Show him how to dance. And then with that, when he met LaFonda, LaFonda gave him a mixtape. Using this mixtape and his newfound skills of dance... He wows the crowd. Now, what I um, will say, just, just what I want to say is, what's greatest um, about this movie is everyone. Can, this is the main scene in the movie for a lot of people. This, this is, is like this is like this. Yeah, and exactly. What I loved from watching it, having known that's the case, because I can imagine this scene kind of comes out of nowhere if you've never seen it before and knew nothing about it. But like, I enjoyed that. There's a great tease. Like it's it's teased so well in that he's. He buys the tape because he can't. He doesn't dance at the prom or the dance, so he goes right. I need to dance. Then he goes to like a thrift store, buys the VHS of how to dance. Then he goes, I'll do that. Then he's given the music by uh, Lafonda. There's a great scene where he's like dancing in his room to the DVD or the video, and it's great because the the door is left ajar, so you mm. can kind of see hints of what he's doing, and it's great. It's like a little tease of what's to come. It's like if you have seen the movie before, it's like 
teasing that, but if you haven't seen it before, it's giving you hints about what may happen. But it's just, it's, it's, it's honestly, I just, I have it down here. You can, you don't even laugh at him. You just, I, you do not, I just found nothing, but I just found myself smiling throughout the whole performance because it's just so great. It was a last gasp. Like there was nothing else that he could have offered only to kind of wow the crowd with dance. And a funny, a fun fact of the, uh, that whole dance scene was they did that in three takes and they just took the best bits. Um, but like I mean, it was it was yeah, incredible. Yeah, they they um they ran out of film, so they only mm. had ten minutes of. They did three takes, ten minutes, and they had to piece together yeah. that entire dance scene from that. And um, I think they what they did was as well. They had three different songs. Mm. So if those three different takes had him dancing to three different songs and improvised the dance. Yeah. And from that, then they stitched together what would be the final iconic dance it's it's brilliant like i mean like it's just i can't tell you like you know it's just like you said it's the iconic scene of the film that kind of you know should it be a fortnight dance um <laughs> it is a fortnight dance i think is it I've done, yeah, i think I'm, the whole i am out of touch <laughs> uh, don't ask me why i know that i think it's just because like i i just have a weird obsession with this film uh but yeah from that uh, dance there is a round uh, like a thunderous applause a standing ovation for Napoleon as he runs off the stage. Uh, and that's kind of the film starts to wrap up. Happy uh, endings all around. Pretty much. Uh, you know, like we said, Kip and Lafonda, they go off into the sunset. Uh, with Rico, uh, he actually was selling his Rex enhancements to Starla, the wife of Rex Quando, And he was getting a, a little hands-on. Rex Quando comes home, beats the crap out of him. Um, but later on, the later on the end credit, like in the end ending scenes, Rico and his girlfriend get back together. You see the grandma back with Tina, you know, feeding, feeding poor Tina, and Napoleon is back playing tetherball once again. And who comes? But lo and behold, it is Deborah, the person he thought he had lost forever as a friend. And a funny callback actually that happened here. Um, Rico and sorry, Pedro and Napoleon were talking on the phone. Because Napoleon was explaining what uh, Rico, Rico, Uncle Rico had done in terms of the breast enhancement stuff. Uh, and then Pedro goes, well, do you have anything to give her? And then uh, Napoleon goes, well, unless she wants like a fresh, freshly caught fish. So fast forward to this scene. What does Napoleon say? Would you be interested in a bass? <laughs> yeah, it's like such a long drawn out joke. That had a great payoff in my opinion. Yeah. And then the two play... Tether balls together, song starts playing. I didn't cry at that scene because it's lovely. <laughs> and credits roll and it's yeah. a feckin' brilliant film, in my yeah, opinion. It's, it's, uh, it is quite nice how it ends and that he spends the whole movie, there's different scenes of him playing this tether ball thing by himself. And by the end, he finally has, um, you know, uh, someone to play with. And I think, I think what I enjoyed about this movie so much is, like I said, it's a bit about... Um, you know the high school tropes and stuff like that and uh, it's funny because it's basically what i like it's like it's like a movie of people who refuse to grow up Mm -hmm. as in rico doesn't grow up he's still living in his (laughs) childhood days napoleon doesn't grow up he's wearing his he's he's drawing what would be considered quite childish sketches and wearing wolf tees and no but like yeah but like he's still acting like a very like he's acting immature is what i'm getting i get you i suppose immaturity across the board Mm. um like even kip as well like he like I, but what it's nice is that everyone kind of 
grows up in a sense yeah. a bit during it and I, I I just like that like even Napoleon the way he's represented like he's not represented as a know-it-all nerd and he's not he's, he's not picked on because he's like super smart or anything like that he's just picked on because he's socially awkward and like you said with the Rex Quando scene of him basically saying you know you need to you need to form a pack you need to like you know get, so it's basically like no we're flying solo that's what he says exactly so like so, so it's like Napoleon learning how to actually let people in and let yeah. him to grow a bit and I like yeah. I like that that's the arc of yeah like I mean it's just in my opinion like obviously like, I geez, we spent so much time speaking about like the first act of the film like too yeah. much time probably but it's just like just a second and third act that's when it starts does to kind of take form as like to be oh it's an actual film but it's just like it's just so charming like there's so much stuff that we actually didn't talk about that we left out like just thinking off the top of my head uh what's it there was something i wanted to say but i can't remember but like in my opinion i'm okay with not saying it because i kind of want people just to go watch the film yeah because i really do feel like it's a brilliant film you just have to watch it and just see it and like some people mightn't get it and that's fair and i'll be honest with you i even remember speaking to my mom about this uh mother egan and she was like saying the first time she watched it she didn't get it but the second time around she actually found it very funny yeah because i think like it's it's a hard movie to recommend to people i wouldn't say it's a hard movie to recommend i think it's just more so i say i i would just anyway say to people just go watch it just don't think it's going to be like a like you know a teen film yeah that makes sense like it's a comedy just you know just roll with the punches like don't yeah. don't take anything too seriously yeah um but do you yeah. want to know some fun facts i have left over well gary you go ahead with your fun facts okay i have some fun facts here one is that john Hader drew all the sketches except for the unicorn in the movie. yes he did okay <laughs> sorry sorry i knew that i knew that <laughs> did you know that the film was shot in 22 days uh Yes, I actually had that in my notes that I meant to say it. Um, what's it? Uh, Do you have that? It's the, the movie featured one of the largest, longest credited cast lists in movie history because all 181 student extras' names are in the closing credits. Really? I did not know that, Gary. Uh, yeah, there's, like there's, one. there's, so, there's ah, something. Ah, perfection. And the last one I have, which I think is the most interesting, is that both John Hader, who plays Napoleon, and Efren Ramirez, who plays Pedro, both have identical twins in real life. Really? <laughs> Jeepers. Which I thought was interesting. Well, that so is. I like really... to think. I like to think that, like the the two brothers, or I imagine brothers, um, would you know maybe don't have like proper careers. They just go around as like a Napoleon Dynamite tribute like, act, lookalikes, lookalike acts, <laughs> and because like think of it, there's money to be made there. Like, the I mean, absolutely, absolutely. But I suppose another thing about this film as well, it was just like it kind of broke this whole Hollywood mold about like what films should be because like it was a film like like we said we kept on saying it was a film about nothing that turned yeah. out to be one of the most charming films ever and it kind of led very much like a lot of inspiration to two films juno and little miss sunshine two films also kind oh, of set yeah. in the middle of nowhere they were uh, napoleon Dynamite was the inspiration for those films but uh yeah it's just like i genuinely think it is one of the it's a brilliant film greatest film of all time it's definitely, it's definitely. No, Wayne's World's Two is pretty good. Oh, cheapers, <laughs> God, yeah. So, like Idaho, wherever it's set, Preston, Idaho, in the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. no one really cares about it. When are you making your Napoleon Dynamite for uh, for Cabra? Uh, all about said about your life as a teenager. Look, you're cut. You're coming up to twenty six there, Barry. I think you could play. Gary, I'm twenty. I'm twenty three. You're getting for on there, Barry. You're getting I, on there. Says your man, when I'm twenty six, Gary, you're gonna be twenty nine. 
Yeah, that's normally how like age works. Yeah, I know, but like, think about it. You're, you'll be close oh, to 30 no. than I'll be. I'll yeah? be three years older than you in three years' time. <laughs> exactly. Oh. exactly. You're going to be... You're gonna be nearly thirty. That's embarrassing, bro. Oh, oh no. Well, then I can play Pedro. Then how about that? I'll be the Pedro to your Napoleon, yeah, like and I'll Pedro's come back. Mex- Mexican American. You'll be a South Korean. No, yeah, exactly. I came from the South, and I'm now, you know, acclimatizing to what it's like on the other side. I think it'd be great. I'll run for president. Carrie. You'll do a funny dance. It'd be perfect. But right, what are we gonna call it? What are we gonna call it? Um, we okay. We can't call it Napoleon Dynamite. What will we call it? Ah, um, yeah. oh. Gary. Actually, fun fact though of the name of Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, do you want to know? Alex Costello. Yeah. How's it feel like? How's it feel like for me to shit on over your trivia? Go on. No, I was a shit. I was not. I was. No, not. I actually knew that, Gary. You're so Napoleon Dynamite. God, Gary. Gary, of course why I you, know that. Why don't you say your part part of the uh, of the of the fun fact and I can actually add on to it no go, go on no, you do the whole thing go on the, so Jared Hess claims that God. he actually got the name jeez God what do you feel like God Tina you felt talking about things <laughs> uh, Jared Hess claims that it was like you know the church of the latter day saints you know one of those like you know it's the Mormons no Mormons thank you uh, a Mormon actually approached Jared Hess when he was younger and his name was Napoleon Dynamite and that's where he claims he got the name but Gary would you like to fill in the rest of the blanks it's basically and uh, it's like a st- I don't really actually know the full fact that's why <laughs> that's what I was about to you the name it's basically the- it's, yeah it's basically the uh, Elvis Costello went under like a fake name at that time on some like singles and like B-sides yeah. he which was Napoleon Dynamite Napoleon Dynamite um, yeah but the, the, like you said the director had no idea um, yes so well so again you're gonna have he to says, yeah, he says. So you're gonna have to think of you're gonna have to think of the name for your uh, Cabra um, yeah. Napoleon Dynamite movie. Yeah. What we call it? Um, just call it the Gaz and Baz Power Hour. I think that's what <laughs> the Gaz and Baz Power Hour. Gaz and Baz Power. Hour. <laughs> we will be live on air every live day. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, Barry. Gary. It's been fantastic, uh, Barry. Are you listening? Because it's Gary. But, uh, Gary, I am listening. It's Barry. <laughs> well, Gary to Barry, thank you so much for coming on. It was absolutely gas having you on. Uh, thank you. My apologies if I spoke about the first 15 minutes for <laughs> 40 minutes. But I just... It's... I just can't recommend this film to people. Well, Please like go you watch said, it. Like you said, you've you've explained the first fifteen minutes, so the rest of the people that you know listening to this now, you know they they have another hour and like what? An hour it's a running time of ninety five minutes. Yeah, they've so an hour twenty five minutes of movies minutes. that we haven't explained that they can go off and listen to now. So look, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much if you've listened to any of the other ones. And you know, if you want to hear more, you can follow us at, at Reeling of the Peers on Instagram, and you'll be uh, made known when. You'll know when new ones are coming out. You can also follow on Spotify, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review on iTunes. There, go on. I'll do something fun. Um, Barry, any final words? Uh, and also speaking of social medias, if you'd like to follow me, it's social media Baz underscore Egan. That's B A Z underscore E G A N. No caps, just a one gap between the Baz and the Egan. That's why the underscore is there. Thank you very much, Gary. I had a great, great time. No problem at all, Barry. Thanks again. Thank you very much for our listeners. We really hope you enjoyed. Goodbye.